0: every team, every topic, everywhere. This is believe.
1: All right. We are back. This is off the edge. I'm Jake Ellen Bogan. He is Cameron Lynch and we have our first ever special guest, Chris Harris, Jr. Rock yes, Chalk, Jayhawk legend, Broncos, legend, and hopefully future hall of famer. Cause I think he deserves yeah. it. Chris Harris, Jr. How the hell are you, man?
2: Doing good, man. Thanks for having me and welcome me to the show.
1: Absolutely. Before we dive into that, because we have a lot to talk about uh, with Chris and we appreciate his time. Just want to let you guys know that bet online is your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting your favorite casino and card games available right from your phone, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the app. Connection. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. So, Chris Harris Jr., welcome to Off the Edge. We're excited to have you. Uh, I'm just gonna dive right into it. Um, ask you the first question. What was your college and UDFA experience like, my guy? Because you had a little bit of a yeah. different journey than, I mean, just not a lot of uh, players get to go through what you went through. So, yeah. you know, what was that like?
2: It was a, uh, I came in during the lockout year. So it was already, you know, everything was already out of whack, you know. And um, it was, you know, it was a time period in which none of the agents had conversations with the, with the teams. Uh, after the combine, so after you had that combine, uh, you, couldn't, you couldn't really talk to teams. Up until that draft, you had like a limited space in which they were working. Like the coaches weren't, it wasn't like the coaches were working like 24 seven. You know how they are now in the gym, everybody's in the building. It wasn't like that, you know? So by the time the draft came, after that it was zero communication. Usually after the draft, uh, they had, they picked the undrafted also. Right. So even the undrafted know what team they're going to be on as soon as the draft is over, at least the next day or sometimes that same day, you know, and it was uh, just a totally different situation. You know, I had to wait all the way up until the end of July once the lockout got Ooh. lifted. Uh, so, I, so I just pretty much stayed training, stayed ready. I really didn't even know if I was going to be able to have an even chance to go to the NFL, you know, just my agent was just telling me, stay ready. Uh, my mama, I'm definitely gonna have some looks for you, uh, when it's time, when, when the lockout gets lifted. And, uh, once it got lifted, I had, I had a chance to go to the Dolphins. Uh, I think it was Denver and it was one more other team. I can't remember, but it was out of those teams. It was out of three teams and, uh, Denver just had to be the, I thought it was the best place for me to go, even though it was my lowest amount. I signed a $2,000 uh, signing too, bonus yeah. and I was the last one chosen. But I thought it would be the best chance for me to go there, just because they had a whole new regime. You know, was coming in and firing everybody. Everything was like a, a clean slate. So I thought that would be the best chance
0: for me to um, to hop in an organization. Wow, wow, that's that's crazy. And I put my hand up when you said two thousand dollars because when I went to the Rams, it was the same thing. It was two thousand dollars to say, hey, this is two thousand for you to get your shirts and your shirt and your shorts. But there's no guarantee you'll come back. So um, I can I can relate to that in a little bit and. One thing, too, uh, Chris, I want to talk to you about, you think about, like, the Knuckleheads podcast, right, Uh, on Players' Tribune. You know, that first question they ask is, "Who was the first person to bust your ass? And I'm not going to ask you that, right, because in football, it it happens more often than not, right? So the goal is to get yours before you get got. Mine was Jarvis Jones, right? I was on kickoff return. He's playing defensive end coming out of UGA, and he's running down as, as the L5 on kickoff, and he hit me. And half of my my body, everything went completely numb. Um, just that whole that whole experience with Jarvis Jones, he was the first person to really jump in and get me. So I was just curious what that looked like uh, when it came to um, when you stepped onto that football field, who was the first person to either as right at the wide receiver position to route you up or like, you know, who who was that person uh-huh. for you? Man, I,
2: I came in DT. So, going against the Demaris Thomas, uh, going against him, um, Eddie Royal, Brandon Lloyd. So, I had to, a couple of good receivers coming in. Um, you know, he was a Pro Bowler, Brandon Lloyd, at that time. So, um, I, I got some quick fire, you know, quick action, you know, coming straight into training camp. And uh, that really got me ready for the season, I think being able to go against um, a smaller guy like Eddie Royal that was quick and fast and then be able to go against a big receiver uh, like Damaris Thomas. So that prepared me to go in and to be able to play as a rookie and be able to get all rookie teams. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think a lot of people think that I didn't have fast success in the league. I really had a lot of success my first uh, couple years in the league right right out the gate. Wow.
1: Yeah, I mean, iron sharpens iron, right? It only yeah. makes you better. So, I know I totally hear you there. Um, I got to ask you cuz I know people are going to tell me to ask you this or ask me yeah. to ask you this. Uh, will we see you is there is there any chance we see you on the NFL field this season?
2: Yeah. I mean, if it's a good opportunity, definitely I'll stay ready and uh stay prepared, but if it doesn't happen then I it's not a big issue for me, you know. I'm enjoying I'm enjoying hanging out with the fans, you know. i played a long year, so I've been able to accomplish pretty much everything in the game. So um, it's just, But I'll stay ready just in case, you know, if there's a team that, that's in need, that's in a title run, for sure, I'll be ready to go to be able to add my um, expertise or uh, influence to the team, though. So I'm always open to that, uh, but it just has to take, you know, the right team, right situation, right coach. And I felt like last year was perfect, you know, to go play with the Saints, uh, go play with, uh, Dennis Island, a coach that I had right, I came into the league
0: having him, you know, and, uh, it was just a great experience. And, uh, yeah. And that's, that's really cool. And the cool part is when we started this show, we talked, you just talked about the lockout. Could y'all hear yeah, me? We can hear you. We can hear you. And, oh, okay, and okay. when you open up this show, you just talked about the lockout. You just talked about that moment of uncertainty and not really knowing. So it's like, this is not your first rodeo. And also we were offline. You were talking yeah. about your family, right? You're working out your girls. You're you're having a good time, pretty much with with your with your team, and you accomplish a lot in life. And so, yeah. you know, with that, from what you've been through, what's some of the best advice that you have gotten from a veteran or even a younger guy? Because a lot mm-hmm. of times people don't realize, but you can get mentored upwards, right? These some of these young guys can teach you a lot. I'm sure when you stepped into the league, Demarius Thomas and some of yeah. those guys, you're probably showing them things that they didn't even realize. So, what's some of that that advice that you got um come, throughout your journey? Yeah. Man, uh, Brian Dawkins, Champ Bailey, I I was blessed to come
2: in with Hall of Fame uh, guys in the secondary and be able to have B. Dawkins say, hey, I I want this kid on the field with me. I need him out there with me. You know, that right there just gave me a lot of motivation right there. Champ, being able to recognize who I am and, you know, be able to say, "I, I need him out there with me too. You know, that's two Hall of Famers right there that, that uh, was gladly wanting to play with me out there on the field and was talking to Coach Fox, put this kid out there with us. So um, it was – that right there was a lot of motivation for me. Gave me a lot of confidence, uh, especially from those guys that are – I mean, I think Doc was at like year 16 when I came in the league, you know. He was already, uh, you know, big-time vet. So um, just having those guys giving, the, giving me confidence, you know, saying, hey, you can play. Uh, we want you out there with
0: us. That right there gave me enough confidence to know that I can play in this league for a while. You're walking Hall of Famer at this point. I mean, you got blessings from other Hall of Famers, so come on, yeah. one plus one equals two at this point.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, no, I, that's that's a lot of talent. I mean, I, I you said Brian Dawkins, right? Yeah, Brian
2: Dawkins. Yeah, he was yeah, there in my uh, rookie year.
1: That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, talk about yeah. just the, yeah, just the veteran presence there uh, for sure. Um, so, so let's shift gears a little bit. You're doing a new show on, you know, our network, the Believe Network and yeah. uh, the Let's Ride uh, it podcast Is that. Yes. 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 That I'm very excited about that. You and Patrick Chiaty, you're going to do a great yeah. job. Um, how are you feeling? Uh, you know, what are you feeling essentially getting yeah. to consistently talk about, you know, the team that you played nine of your 12 years with, you can get to talk about them from maybe that analyst uh, level that, you know, in yeah. the past you might've maybe looked at an analyst and be like, Oh man, what do you know about what I'm doing now? You get to be that analyst. What do you think yeah. about that?
2: Oh man, just try to be fair, you know, and give the people insight, you know, of the game in which they, couldn't get from a lot of other different directions, you know, and uh, me being able to have a great experience playing in Denver, understanding the culture, understanding the lifestyle and the, you know, the expectations that comes with playing there. uh, Hopefully they get great insight from that. Um, My perspective on how I see the game and how I'm analyzing players and uh, the coaching staff and all the things above, you know, and we're not only just talking about Denver, uh, not, I mean, not only just talking about the Broncos, we're talking about all the sports. You know, we got to talk about the Nuggets, talk about the draft. You know, that's going on tonight. We talk about everything. So, and then we also ended off. I always have a segment about my life or things that I wish I could help a younger player or or the youth and uplift them and and life. So it's all uh, we try to be all purpose with it. And I think it's going great so far. And we're just going to continue to just uh, be able to just keep adding. You know, new topics and things that's
0: going on because you know news never stops. So uh, just keep it going. Yeah, now that's cool.
1: News never stops. That's, that's facts.
0: It. That's facts. <laughs> and It's gonna be cool to have some other partners, right? Uh, you're gonna be doing, you know, less ride, and we're gonna yeah. be doing the Rams piece in this one. So you're gonna, we're gonna be collaborating a lot. So I'm gonna hype about that. And you said something really yeah. key there. You said you know the culture of the Broncos, you know that Denver community in general. So um, what I enjoy is, as an mm-hmm. athlete, you're taking people places where they have never been inside that locker room and that's right. the value of having athletes you know becoming these analysts and so one thing I want to ask you is in yeah. those locker rooms who are some of your favorite teammates some of the favorite coaches that people may not really know they're like uh like I don't really know that guy but you're like yo trust me like this guy he, he, he's about his business he's about his yeah. family like what did that look like for you yeah Oh, man, I had a lot of great teammates, man. It's, 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 it's long
2: list, you know, of course, but I'm, I'm I gotta go with my ace, you know, Von Miller. Mm. You know, we came in together. Uh, you know, that's, that's my boy. We challenge each other every day, you know, make sure you shut down the back end. Or he tell me to, man, I'm telling him, make sure you get to the quarterback, <laughs> yeah. you know, so we, we working hand in hand with everything that we do. Uh, also, um, a great teammate I had, um, even last year, Tom Ruhm Matthews, first time I'm getting to play with him, seeing how he operates, seeing how he studies and prepares for the game. Marshawn Latimer, him, mm. you know, these guys I haven't got to play with, so I got to see those guys, how they transfer and play on the field. And uh, One quarterback I would say, i give a quarterback, of course, Peyton, but a young quarterback, i go with Herbert, man. Just seeing how he prepares, seeing how he works out, seeing how he, he gets ready for the game. Uh, I think he's going to have a great long career. Uh, those are a couple guys, a couple teammates that I've had over the year that really impressed me and how they prepare and how they get ready for games.
0: Wow, and this is coming from a, uh, someone who's undrafted and has made it this long in the league, right? You are talking about preparation. Yeah, like we as undrafted got people, Jake. We have to be prepared because one thing I would say is like if we don't if we don't yeah. make a play on the football, and I would listen to some of your clips, Chris. You would say, "Hey, get your hand on the football this game," right? And so what I realized even in yeah. practice, if as undrafted people, if we don't touch the football in practice, that means our production points are low. And that means we might not come back to the same house or bed that we slept in that that night. And so that's extremely important. That's cool to hear that these guys that are Lattimore and Herbert are preparing the way that you prepare. Right. So that's or in, in a similar way. So that's really cool.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um you know, Chris, I wanted to get your thoughts. It's a little bit different. It wasn't, you know, it's just something that came in my mind. You mm-hmm. played on the outside, you played on the inside. So, you know, slot mm-hmm. corner, nickel corner for those that don't know what I'm talking about. So there is a wide receiver who gets a lot of flack from people. He's one of the top receivers in the league. Cooper cup. gets a lot of flack yeah. from playing in the slot mainly what is your thoughts on that? Because like as a cor- even from a corner's perspective, do you feel like it's really that big of a difference? Do you think it's like, th- yeah. it makes your life that much easier? Or do you say it's just as difficult playing against an NFL slot corner as a receiver or say yeah. a, a slot corner against the slot receiver as is playing on the outside?
2: Man, I've, I've been lucky to see every type of receiver in the book, you know, over this, you know, over this past decade. And, um, Cooper Cup, he's one of the top one of the best inside, you know. That's just what it is. The numbers speak for itself. And he has a Super Bowl ring to back it up. Uh but also um see a guy when I came in, it was Wes Welker. You know, that 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 guy was him and Tom Brady, their connection was unbelievable. You know, it was hard to stop. A, and it was almost harder to stop them in the inside because, you know, it's a lot of option routes. Just get open. You know, and that's what that's what Cup is doing. Just getting open, right? And they can't stop it, you know? And uh, that the offense is built for him to do that. And and, until you you got to double-team this guy, you can still – the way the league is now, you can still double-team. You can double-team from the inside now, right? It used to be, hey, we could just double-team outside. But now you can shut down the inside. But this guy's getting double-teamed and still coming out with 10 catches, right? So um, that has to show you that he's a productive receiver, he knows how to get open. I played him a couple times. I don't. I don't know if he did anything. <laughs> big, big numbers versus <laughs> But, uh, but he. But he's always been a, a solid receiver, man. So I love his game, and he definitely deserves that respect uh, for what he's doing.
1: And just a quick follow up there. So you're saying essentially, like. Players are gonna, you know, have production no matter what. We shouldn't take away necessarily yeah. anything from their game if they're doing it on the outside or the inside. Production's production. Right. Is that basically what
2: you're saying? Yeah. A lot of these receivers have to go inside. They have to move all the way around the field. <laughs> Thank right? you. You don't see Justin <laughs> yeah. Jefferson just playing on the outside. He doesn't do that. Devonte Adams just doesn't play on the outside. You know, Tyreek Hill doesn't do that. So uh, you got to be able to be versatile.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs> oh man yeah yeah i know uh the wi-fi is going out a little bit but and and i just want to share my experience too like playing linebacker jake we had to know each position uh we had to know outside linebacker we're blitzing the quarterback right we're like as a sam we're lined up on the edge and mind you i'm only six feet tall playing a Sam position that's more like guys that are six two six three then I gotta line up behind the box I gotta know how to play Mike and all that so Chris I know I know we lost you there for a little bit but I was just explaining like you know playing linebacker yeah. as you know in drafted I'm only six feet tall Chris so when I first got to the Rams I had to go down as the Sam linebacker so the linebacker that was holding that edge mm-hmm. you know and I'm only six feet tall usually those guys are about six one six two but that didn't matter because yeah. I gotta they want to show. They want to know that you are valuable. No matter where you where you put you on the field, can you be productive? Yeah. And what does that look like? And then even going back to your point, Chris, that slot position, you got so much space in the field. When you line up on the outside as a receiver, yeah. you got a couple of things that you can do. But the inside, you got the whole field to play with. So it's actually tougher to defend yeah. as a cornerback, maybe, um, to defend all that space. So, yeah. um, Chris, I know you explained a few things, but I want to ask you. I was going to ask you about your top five cornerbacks that are playing right now but let's not even go to that we're still on the receiver yeah. piece who are some of the top receivers top five receivers that you went against some of your favorite matchups like ooh, i got him this week yeah let me let me let me get extra sleep tonight let me make sure i eat my wheaties yeah <laughs> man in
2: my career of course it was uh the top receivers was ab of course antonio brown was an elite receiver uh julio jones mm uh AJ Green I mean I play AJ almost every year seeing like play the Bengals uh Tyreek Hill um with the Chiefs um seeing him grow up until the receiver that he is you know I seen him I had to deal with him when he was raw he couldn't get out the jam right <laughs> now he can get out the jam run around so he can do do the the full the total package right um those guys right there uh, now I would say you got to add in a guy like Justin Jefferson uh a guy that can play all over the field, elite guy, you know, Cooper Cup. Mm. Uh, who else is a uh, nice receiver on the outside? Let me get a, a big receiver. What about, what oh, about Mike man. Evans? You play Mike Evans a lot? Not you play anyway. Mike Evans at all? Big Mike, yes, play Mike. Uh, we oh, we didn't play. We played him like twice. I think you gotta play him like every four yeah, years. You know, we don't really true. play the Bucks. We never really played. We we never really played the Bucks in NFC too much. Oh, Keenan Allen. I don't know how I forgot about Keenan Allen uh, with the Chargers. You know, that was a rival uh, for many years, you know. So those guys right there, what I would say would probably be one of the, a lot of the top receivers, mainly AFC, because that's where I had to see the most. Mm-hmm. Nice.
1: That's an important uh, distinction too. I think, like you know, before people yeah. come at you in the comments section, understand <laughs> like you know, yeah. Chris played for the Broncos, played for the Chargers, and played for the Saints. So you didn't get yeah. to play necessarily everybody in the NFC because people are constantly leaving teams and whatnot. You'll miss them, and I think you know, predominantly, yeah. like the AFC West, you'd be familiar with yeah. the the receivers and such. Um, I'm glad you said you know Keenan Allen. I mean, the guy had just—he is just a yeah. ridiculous, you know, release package coming off the line of scrimmage. I mean, just his footwork is unbelievable, yeah. always has been. And you know, it's funny when Cooper Cup was coming in the league, I compared him to Keenan Allen because I felt like I'm like, why is why did Keenan Allen go in the third round? Like, what what are we missing here? But then okay. again, Chris, why why were you undrafted? You know, it's <laughs> like I I don't know, right. like. Well, yeah thirty two teams and a lot of misses you know combined with all those thirty two yeah. teams um but i will ask you um with you know that top five cornerback conversation that you know we we've been having we we ranked all the positions um you know on our show and if you had to have a hard top five, who's in your top five for the cornerbacks in this league top five man this
2: is this is gonna be Pretty tough man, but I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna stick I'ma stick with Ramsey, even though I think last year he didn't play to the top uh, the best of his ability. Uh, I'm still gonna keep him up there just off the consistency of his career, you know, of what he's been doing not just last year, but the past couple years, right? Uh who else will I put in there? I love uh I put uh Patrick Sertan, right? Seeing his potential and seeing how his size is long frame sticks too. Being able to shut down the boundaries, you know. Uh, Third, I would say uh, Alexander from the Packers. You know, he's a guy, he kind of reminds me of me. kind of plays similar to me, you know. So I love his game, you know. I love watching Alexander. Um, Another guy, that's three, right? Let me see number four. Ooh, y'all making it (laughs) tough, man. I like um, number four. I'm going to go with South Gardner. Yeah. I think he deserved to be in the top five of what, after what he did last year. Oh, man. I mean, he shut down everybody. I think he played against as a rookie. That's, you know, that's impossible to do sometimes. So we'll see how he can do that. As, as it's harder. It gets harder and harder every mm-hmm. year. Right? One year you can shut down. Every year it gets harder and harder because the film keeps coming out. But I'm going to say my last player, my last favorite corner, uh, let's go with um, – Marlon Humphrey let's go with Humphrey nice. not a lot of people like Humphrey but I'll go with Humphrey because I like his style I like the way he plays he yeah not like his jersey fumble, so. number 44 <laughs> yeah I don't like his number I don't like his number but it fits him well I guess <laughs>
0: that's funny that's funny and, and Chris uh, you know I we actually mentioned it on the podcast I was like "Ooh, Marlon at 44 I don't know but I was going to ask you, Chris, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you mentioned undrafted and some of these guys that you, that you just mentioned, they're first rounders, second rounders, third rounders. So what has kept you in the game consistently yeah. for so long, healthy, productive, like what, what are some of those things? And I want to say that because advice for some of these rookies that are coming in right They're in training camp right now, you know, they're probably sleeping during Is you know, there's some some of the little things that they're probably not doing correctly. So what, what, what advice would you give for them to, to have that longevity in this career and success? I don't know
2: what keeps going on with my internet. But um, I would say the thing that's really kept me in the league and kept me healthy was, you know, continue to stay on my rehab, stay on, get my body tuned up 24 seven, you know. Um, this thing's in the league. A lot of players, you know, they go to work and they just go back right yeah, home. Yeah. You just know, they don't, they don't worry about doing <laughs> – yeah, they, they don't even care, man. You know, they just ready to get – you're ready to get to the house. They're not doing extra stuff, you know, in the training rooms, getting the coats up, making sure they stay – they health, stay healthy, getting stretched, making sure they stay flexible, mobile uh, during the season. And I did that all year, you know. You have to do that all year, all throughout, throughout your career, nonstop. And – um That's one thing Champ told me, man. That's one advice right there. Champ told me, he said, "Man, I wish I would have started stretching, uh, way younger." You know, he started stretching like year ten. You know, (laughs) so I was like, "Dang, Cap, you've just been doing this all raw talent." But uh, man, that's that's really that's what you have to do. You have to dedicate um, time to your body. You can't do anything without without your body. That's like the that's like your Ferrari. You know, you got to. You got.
0: real quick i want to jump in what about the mental part of the game because like i said i haven't had a chance to meet you yet, so it's nice to get that helmet off you know interaction and you talk about preparation for the game mentally like you know seeing hearing some of your audio clips a lot of times a cornerback you're running most of the time on the field so you're kind of like some people are not you some people are removed from the from the the huddle a little bit but a lot of times i see you coming into the huddle reminding your guys hey third down let's do this, this let's do that so that, that just goes to show your preparation. You see what's going to happen before it happens. Um, and some of my favorite examples are like Luke Keekley and Ray Lewis. So just from your preparation mm-hmm. and your mental uh, fortitude when it comes to the game, what did that look like? What do some of these young guys need to take note of when it comes to just preparing mentally and being that yeah. next level?
2: Man, that's what really that's what really separated me in the league, being able to come in, play corner, nickel, safety, uh, special teams, be able to play all over the field and not have mental errors, right? Mental errors is the fastest way to get you up out of the NFL. Yeah. yeah. Right? <laughs> that's the first, that's the first way to give you that bus ticket home, right? Messing up on the field, messing up calls, you know, not being on the same page with your teammates, right? So I was able to come in and learn all that pretty fast, learn multiple positions pretty fast. And that's how I was able to get on the field. So, um, that's and taking that preparation into the game so you can play fast, right? Understanding these other guys' tendency, understanding the receiver. If he lines up in this split, what routes do, does he usually run in this split, right? What routes do – if he lines up in the slot, because he never lines up in the slot, yeah. right? What routes does he run in right. the slot? So just little tips and tacks like that that I usually take into the game and how I can read and react so I can play fast. Right. That's the thing. You don't want to go out there thinking you want to be free when it's time to game, uh, game time. So that's what I try to preach to the younger guys um, and preach to all the, you know, my teammates. Make sure we're prepared. Make sure we're studying and make sure that we can go out there and play fast, communicate fast, because there's a lot of stuff going on in the stadium, man. You got all the fans going crazy. You know, if you're on the road, you know, it could be hectic, you know. Even at home, it's it's the hard – it's really – people don't know it's harder for defenses sometimes to play at home because we can't communicate. (laughs) You know, the fans are loud. It's hard to communicate. So it's being able to be on that same page, mentally uh, studied well together as a unit so you can go out there and have a great game.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I I totally hear you there. And I've seen a lot of clips as well. You're loud, man. You're, you're, you're loud on the field. Love it. Um, Oh yeah. You know, one thing I I wanted to, to ask you because I very rarely do you get, I mean, you didn't go to LSU. So it's not like common to see Mm -hmm. LSU guys all over the place. It it is common to see LSU. It's not common to see Kansas guys all over the place. So you guys represent you and Talib played on the same team. Obviously at Ku, and you played on the same team with Denver. What was that experience yeah. like? Because, like, I'm sure you're well aware. Like, there's not a ton of Kansas guys in the NFL, unfortunately.
2: Right, man. It was a uh, it was a great experience. I think um, bringing Tali to Denver was huge for us because uh, you know we were just moving off from Champ. We needed another guy that could come in and play opposite of me and be consistent. You know, and be able to add him. A big corner, physical corner, uh, that was huge, you know, and to bring the toughness to our defense in Denver. So that's what we needed, man. So it was great to be able to team up with Talib. Uh Me and to play off each other. You know, we knew how to play with each other from Kansas. You know, we understood, um, you know, how to communicate with just. You know, we could communicate on the fly, on the motion. You know, it could be something <laughs> quick on the motion. Hey, hey, you do this, you know, just some little sign language, you know, yeah. that we can do, uh-huh. yeah. you know, and we can be on the same page, you know, fast, you know, and be able to uh, have the uh, coverage out right. And we never had a lot of busts, man. We didn't have a lot of busts at all, me and Tlaib. So it's just being able to have a lot of great communication, not beat ourselves, play smart. And I think that's what helped us in college, win the orange bowl, go 12 and 1. Uh, in college, uh, being able to you – know, we we changed the defense, you know. We feel like being able to shut down even in college, you know. Uh, same thing in the NFL. So, be able to win in college and in the NFL, you know, we got that resume for sure together.
1: I have to say, I still think you guys got screwed out of the BCS title game. I'm just saying, they put a yeah. team
2: in with two losses. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah man I, that was a crazy year man because everybody went to the wire that year oh. you know we had Missouri OU, Florida it was a lot of great teams you know even Arkansas was good that year with Felix Jones McFadden. so it was a lot of it was a lot of talent that year man uh, Big 12 was packed man Texas had was loaded. Uh, Texas Tech with Crabtree, Oklahoma State had dance, Brian and Bowman. Dang. Everybody in the Big 12 was loaded. So I, I had a lot of confidence going in the NFL because I had faced all these guys already, you know, oh, seeing yeah. them in the Big 12. Wow. And,
1: that was the most enjoyable time when I was watching college football. But, yeah, I just had to butt in there. Yeah. And, uh, no, that's
0: that's love. <laughs> I mean, a, college, college yeah. football is sometimes the best football. And w- yeah. what I'm hearing Chris is that keep great communication that carry from college to the NFL, great communication and limiting mistakes. Yeah. Like that's, what's going to keep you in the NFL. That's yes. going to keep you successful. You said we didn't have many busts, right? And so as competitors, you yeah. don't want many L's or, or like, Hey, this is a mental error yeah. because y'all missed the, you know, you missed the communication. Y'all like, no, nah, we, we're priding ourselves on so making yeah. sure we're sharp in what we do. And and I know as we can, we wrap this up a little bit. Um, the skills that you yeah. learn on a field or you've, you from, from Kansas to the NFL, at, you know, to your personal life. You mentioned you have daughters. And so how are you taking those skills from yeah. the professional level and then instilling that in your daughters and pushing them forward as they grow in their, in their careers and their life?
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, man, uh,
2: it's, it's something I definitely had to learn and adjust, you know, leave the football at work, you know, be able to come home and you got to be a totally different, you know, atmosphere with all girls, mm. you know. And uh, can't be can't be extremely hard with the girls, you know, because they love they. It, it, you have to communicate to them different fashion, right? And uh, being able to be able to train them, go see them, you know, train them in softball, soccer. Uh, you know, they're they're very active out there, so I just try to you know do my best to just show up, uh, give them that encouragement and uh, push them, you know, try to give them that extra push that they need. Uh, you know, they live in this big old house you know they got pool and all this stuff so they they don't live like i live you know so i gotta give them that little little mindset like hey daddy didn't grow up like this you know daddy had to grind for everything nothing was given to me so just try to give them that mindset and understand that you have to work for everything nothing's going to come to you easy and um just try to build up these these uh these women right these little babies right and that's what we got to do that's awesome
1: absolutely no i mean Hey, it's a a really inspiring story, Chris. Just your entire career been following it, you know, since KU. So I totally agree with you there. I just have to, uh, you know, ask a final question here. There have been less than 20 UDFAs that have made the Hall of Fame. Pro Football References Mm -hmm. Hall of Fame Monitor. I don't know if you've checked it, Uh, but you're right ahead of three current Hall of Fame defensive backs, in case you didn't know. Um, Do you at this moment feel you have done enough to make the Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think I definitely got a chance. Um, if I was first round pick, you know, my accolades would be way better. You know, I came in hot, you know, it took a lot of people probably like to my fourth year, fifth year to actually understand who I was, you know. And so it took a while for people to catch on, even though I, I believe even after my my second year in the league, it was a pro bowl, all pro year. Uh, people go back and look at that. So I just uh, I just I think that uh, me coming in the way I did, a lot of a lot of the stuff did went unnoticed. But I think I was able to get that respect back when I got the uh, All Decade team. Then people got to see, okay, he was one of the lead players for that decade. And um, so hopefully that right there is enough to be able to show them. And when they go back and look at my tape, seeing that I played was able to play all over the field, um, be able to still still be the, one of the top players in my era. I say the top in our decade top corners, uh me, Sherman, Pat P, uh, you know, Tlaib, um, uh, Revis. Revis was in he was a little ahead of us, but you know, that right there was the elite guys. So uh, for sure, I think all of us right there should be in the Hall of Fame right there for sure. Cause we was at the top of our games for for a long
0: time in this league you Only und- only undrafted uh, guy I'm too. So you. come on now, yeah. come on Hall of Fame. What's up? Talk talk yeah. to us. Come on, <laughs>
1: come on, Ken. Let's let's get this. Well, not yeah. not yet. I mean, you might actually
0: go back. That's
2: right. <laughs> yeah, I think i fine, you... man. If I go back up the field, then my clock stops.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah. No, I I I totally hear you. Uh, I'm glad you don't play the receiver position because there's a yeah. crazy log jam there, and I I don't know. Yeah. I, we might be waiting until twenty eighty eight for you to get in if you were a receiver. So it's just the way it is. Victoria mean, yeah. Holt's not even in the you know yet. So yeah. uh, we have a, a a quick segment we do at the end of all of our shows to wrap it up. Uh, we give a happy birthday to a former player, and I figured this was so fitting. This was perfect. Champ Bailey, uh, happy birthday to Champ Bailey. I don't know, Chris, if you already said happy yes, birthday to him. So uh, you know, happy birthday to Champ Bailey. He turned forty five today. So
2: that's yes, sir. Yeah. happy birthday champ man 45 my birthday was june 18th so shout out to the june yeah, baby happy birthday happy belated hey, birthday
0: you
2: to you too <laughs> oh yeah appreciate happy you. belated
1: birthday that's awesome <laughs> yes, sir. so that's gonna do it for us uh in the off the edge we appreciate you guys tuning in uh go follow chris harris jr right now at chris harris jr on twitter uh that's go right. subscribe to his Let's Ride podcast, he's doing uh, w- over with uh, Patrick Kiadi uh, for Believe. Uh, you can follow me at JK Bogan on Twitter. You can follow Cameron Lynch at Cameron Lynch fifty. And uh, it's been a fun episode. Yeah. I I really enjoyed this, oh, yeah. Chris. Thank you so much for your time, man. We we look forward to collaborating with yeah. you throughout the season. Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah, no problem, man. It's gonna be a fun year, and uh, I'm looking forward to collaborating collaborating with y'all all-, all throughout the year. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. We'll see you soon, my guy. Oh, yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, sir. Absolutely.
1: Thanks for coming
2: on.
0: You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're
2: identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.